0: Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. This episode is brought to you by Happy Mammoth. Listen, over the last weekend, I went to a family reunion. And unfortunately, that fell on that particular time of the month that all of the women know what I'm talking about. So I had an attitude. I wanted to eat everything. And I was in the South, which means I wanted to eat everything that was terrible for me. And overall, I just wasn't feeling it. I had a great time, just wasn't feeling like myself. Now it's easier to manage PMS with estro control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Can you believe that it's the last week of the year? I must be honest with y'all, I'm a little relieved that I can just go ahead and put 2023 in the past and just move forward to what God has for this new year. Everything I've heard him tell me about this year has been refreshing to hear, and I'm just looking forward to what's to come. The last year for me has been pretty rough. So I'm just looking forward to what God has in this new year. I feel like this just it's just a sense of new that comes with a new year. It's like a, a feeling of a fresh start. And I'm really leaning into that this year myself because I need it. It's currently 4.51 a.m. that I'm recording this. And let me tell y'all, winter break, is kicking my butt. I was not ready for this. Moms, why didn't y'all warn me? I have had a nanny for the... Last three or so years, and I just now transitioned my oldest, who the nanny was watching primarily, into preschool, and then the baby is actually in daycare and I've been so spoiled I've never experienced winter break because it just wasn't a thing. <laughs> you know our nanny came to work and we had child care there wasn't a winter break, there wasn't early dismissal or anything like that. Of course, she took time off and had um, early leave days that she took personally and all of that, but it wasn't like this. So I'm like, how in the world am I going to work with both children at home and not just both children, but a three-year-old and a a six-month-old? I was not ready. So needless to say, it is very early in the morning that I'm recording this because this is literally the only time. By the end of the day, usually in, in previous years, if things get hectic throughout the day with family stuff, I will record at night once my son went to sleep. Now, listen, I'm knocked out by the time the kids are knocked out. There's no way I'm doing an episode. My best bet is to just drag myself out of bed early. And so that's where we are. I'm not doing this first because I'm going to be awake to record the podcast, Um, but it actually feels kind of good to be up this early. Y'all know I'm an early bird. It feels good to be up this early before my kids, before my husband, and knocking some things out. Quick church announcement before we hop into the episode. Don't forget we are doing a book club in 2024 with the podcast. Next week celebrates seven years, and I'm just like, I'll get emotional about it next week, but I'm just very excited. And as we go into year eight, eight is the number of new beginnings biblically. And I just feel like God has some new things in store for this show. And I'm really excited to see what he does. And one of which that we're doing new is we're doing a book club. I'm really excited about this. I've been an avid reader and sharing book recommendations on this book from the beginning. And this is year, well, next year, we are reading Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Myers, one of my favorites. So get ready. If you don't have the book, I'll put the link to it in the show notes. We will be discussing some points from the first 24 pages on next week's bonus episode. All right. So this week, I sent out an email to my list asking for them to submit questions so that we can do a mailbag episode at the end of the year. And then we always also do a most listened to episode. So I'm going to share the most listened to episode of 2023 this week as well. So our first question, our first set of questions are really about faith and hearing from God. So the first question is how to completely submit to God. Now, I believe that first submission to God starts with a decision, two decisions. The first decision is salvation. You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. The first decision. The second decision is to commit to the transformation process and the renewing of your mind and whatever process that the Lord has to mold you back to your intended purpose. he The Bible tells us that he saw us before he formed us in our mother's womb. And I speak all the time how life, God has this vision for us. He has these plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us hope in the future. These are things that he spoke to Jeremiah, the prophet, in the book of Jeremiah. But these are things that we can still glean from as well. So God is the author and finisher of all things, right? He is the creator, And he is the creator of us. He's the creator of the universe and everything in it. So God has a strategy. He has a plan. He has a purpose for us. And the enemy has a purpose as well to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, don't get me wrong. The enemy and God are not contemporaries by any means. The enemy is a defeated enemy, one that wreaks havoc, but is still defeated nonetheless. But because the enemy does come to kill, steal, and destroy, there is this battle that we're all, always in. The Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality and rulers in high places. This is what the word tells us. We are in a war constantly. And then on top of that, we have flesh that is bent towards sin. Our flesh, the bodies that we live in, does not want to do the will of God. And then on top of that, life happens. (laughs) Things happen in the world, in our families, in our circumstances. And all of these things are contributing to who we are, our upbringing, our culture, where we were born. That contributes to who we are, how we handle the various uh, battles that happen throughout life. That contributes to who we are, who God created us to be contributes to who we are. So all of these things are ingredients that have created or or molded us into the state that we're in right now. So when you decide that you're going to follow Jesus and you're going to submit to how God wants to, or what God wants to do in you and how he wants to transform you, you have to make a decision to submit to that process because it's through that process that God is going to prune, that he's going to stretch, that he is going to uh, cut off, things that he's going to cut off, things that he's going to add, there's things he's going to reveal, things he's going to refine. There is a process that we're going to go through after salvation. And then there's a process that we're going to continue to go through as we go from glory to glory. So I say that you truly commit or completely submit to God by making the decision to submit to that process and eliminating the expectations of what that process is going to look like. And if you're struggling with completely submitting to God, I would challenge you to ask yourself, why? (laughs) Because as we ask those introspective questions, we can get to the root of what's blocking us from submitting and address it. So if, if it's that you don't trust that God's way is better than yours, be honest about that. If it's you really don't know God for real, because you can't trust somebody that you don't know, is it because you don't really know God? Is it because your faith has been built off of inspirational messages or a praying grandmother or listening to sermons in church versus actually seeking a one-on-one relationship with your father? If that's the case, then address that. So I really take a look inside and say, what is keeping me from submitting to God? When I did this for myself, I always provide the definition of, or distinction from when I was saved versus saved, saved. So when I first got saved, I was a teenager and I answered the altar call to go down and get saved. I confessed with my mouth and believed in my heart that Jesus Christ died on a cross for my sins. I I was excited about God. I was excited to be set apart, but that excitement fizzled off. I was young. I didn't know how to to really, I didn't know what to do from there. And I just went back to what I knew, which was what the world was doing. And over the years, I just always just knew that God was at work in my life, but didn't necessarily know what to do with that. I was familiar with the quote unquote rules of Christianity. Don't have sex before marriage. Don't get drunk. Stay sober. All of these things. But as a young person, especially when I went off to college, I'm like, It's hard to stay committed to that standard when I like sex. It's hard to stay committed to that standard where I liked partying and and turning up and all of that. And so I found myself in a space where, yeah, I wanted to follow God in theory. I liked hearing messages. I liked to read faith-based books, but truly committing and submitting my life to him, it just seemed too hard, if I'm being frank. And it was about seven or eight years ago, because this podcast is really a good marker for me when it comes to my own journey. So about seven years ago, where I felt God pulling me again, and this, it was stronger and stronger and stronger. And I got real with myself. I'm like, what is it that has kept me one foot in and one foot out for all of these years? God has blessed me by being patient with me and giving me all these chances. But now I really, really know that I have to submit to him. So what's the problem? This this is a conversation that I was having with myself. What is the issue? And I realized that I just wasn't passionate about God. My relationship with him had been secondhand for so long. It had been, it was a feel good relationship with no depth. And I I really needed to develop depth in my relationship with God and really establish a a personal one-on-one relationship. And I remember I was in my prayer closet. I had just created a prayer closet and I was like, you know what, God? I'm a driven person. I know, what I know about myself is if I want something, I go after. I've always been like that. And if I'm passionate about something, then I go for it. I'm not passionate about you, which is probably why I'm not really jumping head first into this. And I say, God, well, you know, if you light a fire on the inside of me for you, then I'm here. I'm deciding right now on such and such day of such and such year, i am deciding right now that I am in this. I'm going to follow you. I don't know what this is going to take. I don't know what's to come, but I'm just deciding in this moment that I'm following you and I'm not looking back. And that was a decision. That was a covenant. That was something that was also a accountability for me over the years. So every time my flesh wants to do go back, or every time it felt like it was too hard, every time it was that decision where it would drive me to repentance. It was that decision that would drive me to ask God for to deliver me from the sins that I felt like were controlling me. It, it led me to just continuing to resubmit and resubmit and resubmit to God. So a decision, in my opinion, is what you have to make and really do some introspective work to see what is keeping you from submitting to God and address those things head on. I think we try to take our relationship with God and it's, I feel like it's been painted, especially in this era of social media and YouTube and all of that, it's been painted as this aesthetic thing. Your relationship with God is beautiful. It's this beautiful um, prayer room with greenery and your Bible and your sticky notes of scripture's on the wall, it's this pretty inspirational relationship where you're fired up and you ra ta and all of these different things and robo all of that stuff is this powerful, aggressive, empowering relationship. And yes, it is like that sometimes. But what I found is the majority of this relationship is uncertainty. It's really sitting at God's feet. It's obedience when you don't know what it's going to pan out to. It's ugly cries. It's repeating scripture constantly because you have to train your flesh to actually believe it. It's loss of relationships. It's the it's new relationships forming. It's you not fully being able to recognize yourself because God is changing you in such a way where you don't even know you anymore. You have to not only learn Him but you have to learn who you are based on who He says you are. It's you confronting things that you would rather leave buried, it is a colorful, (laughs) for lack of a better word, journey. And I say it starts with a decision because I would hope that you or anybody listening at the bare minimum want to be a person of your word. I know for me, I'm like, God, at the bare minimum, I just want to be somebody who does what I say I'm going to do. That's a core value of my integrity. I just want to be somebody who does what they say they're going to do. I don't want to be flaky. I don't want to be hot and cold. I want to be a consistent, reliable, solid individual. And so through that even internal core value, that applies to my relationship with God. Lord, I said that you had me and I mean it. So anytime I find myself Feeling like I'm moving away from that commitment, I have to repent and turn back. But I'm submitted. I'm surrendered. I'm committed because I made the decision to be. And I suggest for you to do the same thing, make that decision. The next question is how to discern if someone is for you. I have a practical, I want to approach this practically first. And to be clear, these I'm going to call these green flags. These green flags are not saying that this person is for me. These green flags are simply saying this person is worth considering. (laughs) I believe that there are too many relationship podcasts and people with microphones talking about relationships these days. It gets on my nerves real bad. But (laughs) I would try my best to give you uh, some sound wisdom as it relates to this. Now, I believe that a green flag is someone who has their own personal relationship with God. When we marry somebody as women, we have to submit to them. And as driven women, as many of us type A women, we cannot submit to anybody. (laughs) We just simply cannot. And I think most of us are okay with submitting as long as we're following somebody who's going somewhere that we want to go, right? So make sure that this person is, has their own personal relationship with the Lord. And hear me clearly. I'm not saying somebody that goes to church every Sunday, someone who says grace before dinner. I'm talking about somebody on their own, unprovoked by you, who reads their word who prays, who seeks God for answers to their problem. Those are leadership qualities that are that will be beneficial if this is the person for you. So these are green flags. This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. I've been telling you guys that I'm planning a trip for my husband's milestone birthday that he has coming up. And as we choose which location we actually want to go to, I've been thinking a lot about learning a new language once we narrow it down. Because when I get there, I want to throw myself into the culture, into the language. And a part of that is learning exactly the language that they speak ahead of me getting there, right? Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app, and that it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. I'm most excited about the track record of Rosetta Stone because I mean, they've been trusted experts for 30 years. Millions of users in 25 languages offered. I mean, Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Japanese. Dutch, Arabic, Polish. They have fast language acquisition. So Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. So no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. They have an intuitive process so that you pick up language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then sentences. And overall, it's designed for long-term retention. They have speech recognition, so a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. So it's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. So again, those desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And best of all, amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Blessed and Bossed Up listeners can give Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. It's that season, y'all. And by season, I mean allergy season. I'm someone who has seasonal allergies and it's the worst. My nose gets stuffy. My throat gets scratchy. Sometimes I'll come on and want to record my podcast and sound like a grown man. But i Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I also believe that even before you consider saying that this person is for me or I'm going to be this person's wife, You should be in a space where you're hearing from God, where you have a one-on-one relationship with God, where you have a prayer life, where you are seeking Him, Him as in God. And if you do have that relationship, then God will show you if somebody is your husband. And if the man has that relationship with God, then God will show him that you're his wife So you should be having these individual relationships and then God will reveal to both of you if you're the person that the other is supposed to marry. When my husband and I met, this year will make six years of us being married officially. We made it official at the courthouse in July 2018 and then our wedding was in January 2019. So we have two anniversaries, but we've legally been married for six years this year. And when I first met him, I was in a space where I was looking for my husband, but wasn't necessarily looking to get married anytime, so I was just tired of the empty dating games and I was just building my relationship with God and I uh, in my prayer time I was like, God, the next person I date I want this to be my husband i'm I'm tired of asking these men what their favorite colors are i'm I'm just tired of getting to know guys and not really liking them for real, so can you just send? <laughs> can you just send the one and I could just date him and then eventually we get married? That that was my mindset. Again, not necessarily looking to get married anytime soon, but definitely looking to be in a relationship with the person that God had for me. And when I met my husband, and at that time I was praying about it, but wasn't actively looking. This is when dating apps first started coming out. So I met a couple people and dating apps was very quickly turned off. And I'm like, Lord, you gonna have to send them to me and also, I don't go nowhere, so I don't know how this gonna work. <laughs> I go to work. I at the time I have my youth programs, I go to work, I build my business, and I go to bed. So Lord, you're gonna really have to send them via FedEx because I have no clue how i to meet this man. But nevertheless, I ended up meeting my husband at work. You you see how God will show up for you? <laughs> met him at work. And when I met him, I had already been at this job for about a year, and he was new. I was doing marketing and business development for an accounting firm, and my husband's a CPA. This was his first week or so in the office, so he was just now meeting everybody. I was in the break room. He walked past. We talk about this moment all the time because it's just a funny joke between us, but I was in a break room. He walked past, did the most. I was like bending over, try to get something from at the bottom of the fridge, and I could see this guy in the corner of my eye, do a double take and a full about face to come. I'm like, who is this guy? And why did he just do all that? (laughs) So he came into the break room, introduced himself. I told him what I did at the company and we just shook hands and that was that. But it was something about this interaction where something inside of me was moved. It's very hard to explain this feeling. But I say this to say that God will make it clear if somebody is for you. And at that time, I wasn't going to go as far as to say, like, this is my husband. But it was a feeling where it it drew me to him, where I was like, what was that? And y'all, I am very calm, cool, collected. Like, I'm not one of those women who is like planning our wedding on a first date or is like head over heels easily. I'm very chill, very logical not too emotional. So a uh, feeling like that where I'm like, I need to to see what's going on here. Like, what was that? Like, I, I describe it to, I think about when I read the word and um, Elizabeth went to, or Mary went to visit Elizabeth and her baby leaped. It, I would describe it as something like that where butterflies enter my stomach or it was just this feeling of, hmm, there's something about this guy. And it was so out of character for me personally, where I was like, okay, this has to be God (laughs) because I don't act like this. So that led us to casually getting to know each other in the office. And then, of course, leading us to where we are today of being married with two children. And again, I bring that up because at that time, I didn't have the language. Like, I, I can't tell you that God said, this is my husband. But I was in a space where I was actively seeking God for myself. I was learning how to hear from God on my own. I was submitting to the transformation process and learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit. So that was the Holy Spirit showing me that this is my husband. Again, I didn't hear, this is your husband. This is the person that you're supposed to be with. But the Holy Spirit pushed me towards him. The Holy Spirit gave me eyes to see that this is somebody. And I don't think I would have been able to handle it at that time if the Holy Spirit would have said, This is your husband. I think I'd have been like, um, God, he ain't 6'4. Like that that's what <laughs> that's what young Tegan would have said. So instead, it was an intrigue or discerning in my spirit that this is someone of importance. And as time went on, there were other indicators or green flags that led us to this space. And there were moments where I did hear God say that this is your husband because my husband was ready to just go for it. He was very sure about me early on. And the first time he asked me to be his girlfriend, I was like, no. I was like, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready to go all in with this situation just yet. And I was honest about that. And he was cool with it. And I ended up coming around not too long after that But even throughout our courtship, he was very serious, but I had to hear from God that this is who I'm supposed to marry. And I was very early on in my faith, but I had enough sense to know the magnitude of this decision. And I've been around enough broken marriages to know I didn't want mine to be one of them. And I knew that God had to be the third strand of this court, or it just wouldn't work. And it was, and so God began to confirm things in me. I don't know what his side of that story is or when God said that I was his wife, but for me, God did give me confirmation that he was my husband. So I would say for you to just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and then just continue to build your relationship with God and he will let you know if the person that you're with is your husband. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to define for you as being your husband. And God will also let that person know that you're their wife. And in due time, that union will take place. Moving on to a couple of business questions. This one says, how do you know when to trademark your business and what is the trademark process? Disclaimer, I am not a lawyer. I say that you know when to trademark your business when you're married to the brand that you're trademarking. So if you know that this is what I'm building a brand on, this is what I is going to be the foundation that I'm going to build upon. This is what I'm married to. And I'm not turning back like this is the thing. Then that's when you know that you need to trademark it. So for me, I trademarked Anchor Media because I knew Anchor Media is like, this is it. This is the name. This is what the, the business I'm building. This is the empire that I'm building and I'm going to protect it. I trademarked She is Uncompromising, not just because it's my book title, but because I have a whole vision for what that empire is going to be. And because I have something in commerce and something I already put out, I can go ahead and trademark it. And the same with Anchor Media, because I was already using it um, in commerce, then it was time to go ahead and trademark it to protect it and also keep anybody else from infringing upon it. God is my CEO. I trademarked it because I have a vision for it. And I also didn't want anybody else to start duplicating what I was doing. So God is my CEO is a trademark that I own as well. So for you, you really just need to, I would suggest uh trademarking when you know that you are married to it and you have a vision for what this brand is going to turn out to be. The trademark process, I would 1000% recommend that you find a, an attorney. I know that the USPTO, which is the United States Patent and Trademark Office, A lot of things are public record as far as trademark filings, who owns a trademark and all of that. But lawyers, specifically intellectual property lawyers, are able to do a more thorough search than we are as the general public. They also have an expertise that we just don't have as the general public. And so I would suggest first doing a consultation with a lawyer as the first step of the process. Usually after you contact the lawyer, from my experience, they will do a search and their trademark search would be a lot more detailed than the one, like I say, we can do on, as the general public. And within their their trademark search, they'll then come back and tell you the likelihood of your trademark actually fully going through. And most of them, if there's not a good chance of it actually going through, they won't even pursue it. I will suggest that you find a trademark lawyer who's also a good business person. And what I mean by that, not not necessarily talking about ethics or anything, but what I'm saying is they will also give you some alternatives to say, hey, this is what you're trying to do. This isn't trademarkable based upon these reasons, but maybe you should call it this or name it that because this is this allows you to still be in alignment with your vision, but also has the a better chance of going through and fully getting a trademark. So make sure whatever lawyer you hire is able to do that part. And my lawyer is I always recommend Nikia Gray because she's the best. But um, that is where the process will start with the lawyer. Now, if everything looks good from their search and they're ready to move forward, then they file the trademark on your behalf. Then you have to wait a certain period of time for the USPTO to review the trademark application. If they have any objections to it, let's say it can potentially conflict with another trademark. Let's say it was something missed on the application. So an example, when I trademark anchored media, they did an office action is what it's called. They did an office action basically saying that we need to add a disclaimer to our filing that we're not attempting to trademark the word media exclusively because, of course, it just that's just not trademarkable. So we had to update the application to say we are trademarking anchored media and not uh, just the word media. We're not uh, making any claims to the word media. So once that's taken care of, sometimes it's as simple as an address. You have to change your address to this or that. So whatever the office action is, you address it. Once that is addressed, it moves forward to be published for opposition. So then it's published into the Gazette where people are then able to oppose your trademark going through if they feel like it's going to be a a harm or danger to their brand. I've also encountered this where someone else was trying to trademark something that I had, a trademark that I have. And it was a lot of office actions and a lot of back and forth. And my lawyer and I were watching it the whole time. It ended up going through to being published. So I opposed it immediately. Like This trademark cannot go through for this reason. My lawyer did the whole thing. And we ended up working it out with the other party and they dropped their filing. But situations like that happen where it gets published in the Gazette. Somebody can say, hey, this shouldn't go through because it's going to uh, harm our brand in some type of way. A lot of times people don't um, refute it at all. And if that happens in that period, the amount of time that they give goes by, then it will be issued to you. Now, another step I didn't include was it really depends, too, on how you file. If you file an intent to use, which means that I'm not using this trademark right now, but I intend to, before they fully give it to you, you have to prove that it's in commerce. So you have to prove that you're now using it before they give it to you. If you're already using it, that's not a step that you have because you'll submit that. Those specimens is what they call it. You'll submit that proof when they ask for it. But that that's an additional step. If you're not using a trademark yet, you will have to show it and use. So when I trademarked out as my CEO and as merchandise, I had to, I did it as an intent to use because I wasn't using it on products just yet. And uh, outside of it being on front of a t-shirt. And when you're trademarking apparel, it's not about a slogan on a shirt. It's about the brand. So what's in the tag. So I had to um, put it up for sale and generate the merchandise with God is my CEO in the tag in order for it to be approved. And it did. So that's the process. First step of the process, in my opinion, would be to get an attorney. Even if you're not ready to file and you're still figuring out what the name is going to be, what the brand is going to be, I highly suggest still consulting with an attorney so that you're building a business that is protectable and a business that's not impeding on anybody else's intellectual property. We're already at 30 minutes, so I am going to stop it here. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Blessed and Boston Up podcast. Thank you for your support, your listenership over this past year. Thank you every time you've shared the show, every time you've tagged me, every time you have I talked about this show with somebody else. I just want to say thank you, thank you, and thank you. I genuinely appreciate it. I don't take it lightly, and I'm always humbled and just grateful that God sees fit for me to get on here and spread the good news on this platform. I'm so grateful for him, and I'm grateful for you guys as listeners. Have a happy, happy new year. The next episode um, will be a the most listened to episode of this year. And the next time I come on here live will be in the new year. So happy new year. I pray that you all are safe, that you have a good time, that you spend the last day of 2023 in prayer. And I guess that's it. I love y'all and I'll see you in 2024.